I'm John Lovitz, and you're listening to PF's Tape Recorder. Hello there, I'm PF, this is my tape recorder. Coming up, it's our old friend Jeremy Essig. And I'm not necessarily saying the the president has done it, but the people around him is, they have mastered the 1984 concept of doublespeak. Jeremy Essig, of course, a very politically aware comedian, although it's not really uh, what his set is about these days. He still, still does talk about it. He used to be a statehouse correspondent for a newspaper in Missouri while he was getting his master's degree and still doing comedy and doing music, and he's still doing music. We're going to hear the song of the week from his band Shark Dad at the end of the show. How about that? And in the meantime, I pulled a, a dumb bit out of the archives, which I still really enjoy, even though I think it might kind of be considered borrowed interest. I was kind of debating before I decided to choose this one, but I don't think it is. I think it's um, it's working a premise. Uh, it's more of a, well, you'll see. It's called Welcome to Facebook, and uh, enjoy. An itch you can't scratch, a smell you can't sniff. Welcome to Facebook. Joan posts, I'm continuing to train for my first 5K. It's going to feel great crossing that off my bucket list. Ted Ernst comments, Good luck, Joan. Becky Tawanda comments, I ran my first 5K in Desert Bluffs back in June. I almost didn't make it back. I finished with an awesome time. But I almost didn't make it back. Anara Snell comments, You can do it, Joan. Old Woman Josie posts, I lost 150 pounds on the Akai Berry Diet, and you can too. Because you ironically like Fox News, the American Enterprise Institute, and John Stossel's mustache fan page, Facebook also recommends the Mitt Romney page. You should like the Mitt Romney page. A meme with actor Gene Wilder as Willy Wonka says, Tell me again how you pay for groceries with food stamps, but have an iPhone? Eric Stornacker comments, Why do all poor people have iPhones? I don't have an iPhone. Dirk Westenberg comments, These people on food stamps should not have iPhones. Why isn't the liberal media reporting this? Joan posts to old woman Josie's wall, Josie, I think your account has been hacked. Possibly by angels. Possibly by gremlins. Edgar Muria posts, To all my FB friends. I want to stay privately connected with you. However, with the recent changes in FB, the public can now see activities in any wall. This happens when our friends hit like or comment. Automatically, their friends see our posts too. Unfortunately, we cannot change this setting by ourselves because Facebook has configured it this way. So, I need your help. 
Only you can do this for me. Please place your mouse over my name above. Do not click. A window will appear. Now move the mouse onto Friends, also without clicking. Then down to Settings, click here, and a list will appear. Remove the check on comments and likes by clicking on it. By doing this, my activity amongst my friends and my family will no longer become public. Many thanks. Paste this on your wall so your contacts can follow suit. That is, if you care about your privacy. Robert Ulrichson comments, Edgar, this will only keep your friends from seeing your stuff. Cynthia Harnsfeld comments, Done. Scott Wallnocker comments, Done. John Fornessy comments, Thanks for posting this. Done. Rob Ulrichson comments, This doesn't work. Here's a link from a social media expert explaining why. Debbie Ornsdale comments, Done. Pete Norsash comments, I had no idea. Done. Clem Stratensfierstein posts, Members of Congress get lifetime pay. See the link below. Like if you think this is outrageous. Debbie Ornsdale comments, Why don't we get lifetime pay? Rob Ulrichson comments, This is another internet rumor. Here is a link to an Urban Legends website debunking it. Edgar Muria comments, it's time to fire all of those people in Washington. Robin Smithrick comments, no wonder we are so far in debt. This is where we should start cutting the budget. Ross Bagdadalorian comments, I am going to find out who my congressman is and write them. Jeff Rebus posts, I love when people post videos on Facebook. I do not like Tumblr. Facebook is so much better than Tumblr. I don't understand Tumblr at all. Old Woman Josie posts, Friends, my account was hacked. I did not lose 150 pounds on the Akai Berry diet. I only weigh 140 pounds. If I lost 150 pounds, I would not only disappear, but quite likely would be swallowed up into an alternate universe. Stay tuned next for reasoned debate, nostalgia, and inspiring quotes which may or may not have come from famous people. Good night, Facebook. Good night. Jeremy Essig is a stand-up comedian originally from St. Louis, Missouri, like so many of our great comics. Uh, Gabe Kia, Greg Warren, uh, so many others. Nikki Glazer, I think, is from there as well. Anyway, uh, Jeremy got a start in comedy, though, here in our neck of the woods in Cincinnati, and he discusses that a little bit in our interview. So here now is an interview with Jeremy Essig. Hey, Jeremy, it's BF. Hey, buddy, what's up? Not much. How's it going, man? Yeah, I think it's down. Give me one second. Okay.
There we go. I'm good, man. How have you been? Great. It's been ages since we've spoken. It feels like it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, I know you sent me over that track we're going to uh, do for Song of the Week on the podcast, um, but uh, what else has been new with you these days? Um, I mean, a lot and nothing at the same time. Uh, I think I have uh, the two bands now. I have uh, an album that came out earlier this year, uh, comedy-wise. Um, I can't remember when the last time we talked. I uh doing some occasional uh, music journalism. Um, I've got a, a recording studio opening in my basement in a wow. month. Cool. So, you know, a couple things. Yeah, yeah. So where are you based now? Are you in New York? Are you in St. Louis? I'm back in St. Louis. Okay. Very good. Uh, for the time, I should say for the time being, I just got a line on a uh, pretty good apartment in New York, so I may take that in the uh, split time between the two because okay. I... Uh, I got drunk a few months ago and bought a house. Whoops. So uh, I can't quite get rid of that. Oh, uh, okay. Hmm. So, yeah, I guess um, I, I've been talking to a lot of folks, you know, over the years where they, uh, like, you know, Josh Sneed here, he's got a, a business he runs, uh, so it's, it's doing so well. He doesn't have to live on one of the coasts. He can live here, run his business, go do headlining gigs, and uh, it's, a, it's a pretty sweet life. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's you know at a at a point, I think one way or the other, uh, it's it's that freedom. You know what I mean? That's I think what everyone is uh, looking for—the ability to kind of live wherever you want and do whatever you want. Um, I don't. Uh, I think I'm getting closer to that. <laughs> just, I just have to have about five businesses. Yeah, yeah, uh, to exactly. Make that happen. You, have, you have so many interests. So, so what what two bands are are you in? Uh, so Shark Dad is the band I sent you. Right, um, okay. That was an existing band uh, that had been together for about a year before I joined. I knew the singer Jason from uh, game show I used to do. He had been a contestant on my game show uh, okay. a bunch, and uh, so they were looking for a guitar player. So I joined, and then we've written put an album and a half long songs together and then uh, my other band is called Let's Not and uh, that's a band I front so I sing and play guitar and we had our first uh, show earlier this month and both bands are uh, going to be recording in December Okay. so uh, I should have a bunch of new music stuff coming out when the, when the new year starts wow so it, and these are both based in St. Louis yeah. Wow. And uh, you said you were doing some uh, music journalism, and uh, you, you used to be a uh, a political correspondent uh, back mm-hmm. then. Yeah, when you were get, I think you were getting your master's or your PhD. Was that? Uh, master's, yeah. Okay, and so I'm curious to get what you're, because we, we talk a lot about, you know, the president a lot with people, because a lot of comics that don't even do current event stuff will always say, well, I'll do one or two jokes, because how can you not? You look, you know, you look dumb. Like you don't know what's going on if you don't at least address the situation. But I'm curious, sure. as a journalist, um, what do you make of the whole fake news thing, and how they've been able to, uh, you know, uh, position that from the White House? Well, I mean, I, I think what's been done a lot um, is, and I'm not necessarily saying the the president has done it, but the people around him is they have mastered the. Uh, 1984 concept of doublespeak, 
You know what I mean? Whereas uh, you had people from, uh, you know, Russian organizations posting, like, literally fake news, right? Right. Uh, on, you know, Facebook or social media or whatever. And then you have the president use that term and use it in regards to actual verifiable, you know, journalism, verifiable facts. Um, I feel like, and I felt like this during the whole campaign, that they were, his people were just really good at taking something they were doing and uh, conflating it uh, or placing it upon the other side, you know, and calling, uh, I mean, the amount of times they would call uh, Clinton out for something that it would then turn out that, uh, you know, the Trump campaign was doing. I, I think they've gotten very good at kind of knowing what they're doing and then pushing it on the other side, which is, you know, a lot of, um, I mean, it's probably been four or five years since I last read 1984, but I mean, I've read it a, a couple times. I think I still understand the concept of doublespeak. Yeah. Um, I mean, that was... It just feels it feels like we're watching that occur in real time. Um, so you know, as that pertains to comedy, I mean, I don't know. You know, I mean, I used to have a very political act, and then I had an act that was completely apolitical because I was going through a lot of stuff personally, and that's what I wanted to talk about. And now, um, I wouldn't say it's 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 super political, but I think that there's really no way if you're writing um, from where your head is, you know, which is at least for me, I always, I just always kind of write and talk about whatever <laughs> for lack of a better term, I've been perseverating on. Yeah. <laughs> I need to get out. Um, you know, I think it's hard to have that not creep in to what you're doing now, and that's not you know, that's not to say that it's uh you know, that my act is a um, a lecture or, you know, something like that. But, I mean, to, even in the, the sense of joke writing, I think it's it's so prevalent. I mean, you can't, you can't go anywhere and someone's not talking about politics or current events now. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you can't. It's, it's unavoidable. You, I mean, I was at a bar was two weeks ago. I was with a friend of mine, and I was just waiting for food, and this guy sat next to us, and uh, he had him put on a, game and uh he said yeah i put on that game because i moved here from tennessee and i was like all right that's cool and then he's like you guys and like i don't know where he goes you guys don't want to talk about politics do you and i'm like in my head i was like well i, I don't want to talk to you period <laughs> like let's <laughs> alone about <laughs> politics and all the time and so he was kind of quiet he was kind of quiet for a little bit and then he said you know he goes um well because of where i'm from people wouldn't really understand my politics and i just didn't and he just kept throwing like he kept leaning in with it to where it was like dude do you want to talk about politics like i don't but yeah. you know so that's i mean in the sense of comedy writing it would seem you know ridiculous to just go um you know just walk up on stage and be like gummy bears are strange hey guys like everybody'd be like what fucking planet did you just fall off of you know um <laughs> so sorry i swore there by the that's way okay. i don't i know you're recording this but it's my bad you're sorry fine. no you're fine i can i can I tend to be a little looser when I'm sitting in my office. People, <laughs> I'm people, sitting in front of a microphone. People swear all the time. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, um, so is it a mix of like personal stuff and political stuff on stage now? Because I'm sure there's, you know, as being of, of a certain age, yeah. they say you're probably a lot of wisdom you can impart on people. <laughs> I think yeah. Wisdom might be overselling some of the things I've learned, but. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, I would say I would say that's a good bit of it. You know, especially if you go back to, I feel like where I was in like you know, two thousand four to two thousand eight, where it was like politics in the sense of commenting on policy. I think now even the political stuff is, I don't know if I'd say wisdom, but it's you know how it affects me. Yeah. You know, or how it, you know, it, it's not just like, can you believe this, this bill? Like, which I think I used to do some of, and I, you know, I, I, I don't necessarily think there's anything wrong with this, but I've just, I've become hyper self-involved as I get older. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Um, And what kind of music journalism are you doing? I'm curious. Is it reviews? Is it inter- um, I do it very, it's, it's, yeah, it's freelance. Um, I do it really infrequently. I did a bunch of album reviews. I'll do an occasional concert review. Um. I've done a, uh, I've done a couple of profiles. It's, I mean, largely uh, just a way to get free tickets. There you <laughs> so, go. Um, That's me. And I, you know, I've had the, yeah, exactly. And I've, you know, I've been lucky enough to talk to, um, you know, some artists I really respect. Um, I got to interview uh, Bob Mold and oh, uh, wow. Jason Isbell both last year, which was, you know, that's kind of cool. That's very um, cool. And. Uh, you know, some other people that probably aren't as well known, but um, I don't, I would say, you know, I mean, I make four rays into it. I'll maybe write yeah. one thing a month. You know, it's not a big part of anything. It's just something to do because um, I'm not good at sitting around. Yeah, that's it, it, it feels weird after you you work so much that after a while it, it feels weird not working, doing something. Like if I sat down and watch a, a, a ball game or a hockey game, if I'm not doing something else while I'm doing it, I feel like I'm wasting time. Yeah, I can't sit and watch um I can't sit and watch T V if I don't at least have a like a guitar with me. Or at least I can convince myself like, Well you're you're working on a song or you know yeah. that I've I'm completely incapable of doing that now. Yeah. Um do you know a comedian Tom Thacker? Or Takar, I think he pronounces it. He used to be Tom Brady. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah, uh, I, I've known him for a long time. I yeah. thought so. Okay, yeah, because a Midwestern guy. He does that, his podcast, uh, was it Defend Your Band? Oh, I can't remember the name of it is now. But uh, I thought yeah, of you yeah. guys. Uh, Stand By Your Band. That's yeah. it, yep. Look it up on iTunes, folks. Uh, it reminded me of you because you had posted a long time ago about, you'd made some posts on Facebook, this was years ago, and one of the bands you listed that people in college liked that, that were, and you kind of made a song they were dumb for liking was like Fastball and people like that. And I came up with this whole list of bands we're supposed to hate and I, what I'd like to know is as you've gotten older because you're just a little bit younger than me or maybe we're closer to the same age um, have you gotten less like I guess what's a better way but less snobbish about music because I know I have no uh, really <laughs> no. wow I have a I have a friend uh, my friend Mike uh, and I didn't even think about it he was it was his birthday like I want to say a month ago and I had something else to do but, but I swung by his party for like an hour, and they was at a bar, and I had to go somewhere else. And uh, I was wearing an Iron Maiden T-shirt, and uh, he goes, uh, he goes, do you like Iron Maiden? And he said it like real quizzically, and I go, yeah. Why would that be weird? And he just goes, not weird. You like that band? He goes, it's weird. You like any band? <laughs> what are you talking about? And he goes, he goes, I've known you for two years, and all you talk about is how many bands you don't like. <laughs> <laughs> because that's why I tell people, like, oh, Jeremy really knows music. I don't know what bands he likes, but I know a lot of bands he doesn't like. There you go. <laughs> so, um, I don't think I have, and I mean, it's if anything, I don't know. I've probably become less 
uh, I probably care about it less. You know, I mean, it, it's just, it's more of a, uh, you know, if something comes on the radio, just going like, oh, this, you know, this thing, or, oh, I don't like this, or, oh, this is a ripoff of, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, no, I mean, I think it's like anything. I mean, it, you know, I've been, you know, comedy's been my job for, you know, whatever, 14, 15 years, but, um, you know, I've always been obsessed with music, and I think when you're, you know, when something you're that obsessed with it, it's, it's hard to not have an opinion about everything, you know, and that's yeah. not even to say my opinion's correct, because it's so subjective. You know, I mean, I can explain... I can explain on one level either why something's not great or a ripoff or, you know, this, that, or the other thing, or like lyrics are inherently terrible, but, um, that doesn't, doesn't mean I'm right. You know yeah. what I mean? If you, if you derive some joy from something, I can give you all the logic in the world that shouldn't make you not enjoy it, nor should I be trying to make yeah. you not enjoy something. I guess if, if anything, that's the one thing I've gotten from as I get older is um, uh, trying to understand that, like, it's okay for people to like what they like. They don't, you know, you're not the arbiter of taste. Um, yeah. I think that's probably something I've got. And, and it was more in more of the sense of, like, still trying to find bands that people haven't heard of and be like that I like and be super uh, promotion-y about those bands for lack of a better term because that's the wrong term but you know what I mean like trying to get people into like bands they maybe never heard of versus just yeah. going like that sucks right, you know right. but I think exactly. that is yeah. I think there is something with that in age and going like it's like anything else it's like when you're when you're younger I think a lot of times you define yourself as an anti. You know, you define yourself as a, um, well, I'm not this, and I'm not this, and I don't like that. And so what you define yourself as is in opposition to something. I think as you get older and you get to know yourself better, maybe this is the key, you, you eventually have to learn what you define yourself as, you know, at being for something as opposed to defining yourself in the negative. And so... I think that's what I've tried to do, at least when it comes to music, is gone like, oh, this is this, I do like this stuff. Um, if, I don't know if that's maturation or just knowing yourself better. Maybe they're the same thing. I don't know. Yeah, I always love that uh, clip in the song Pan and Arrow by Pet Shop Boys, which was actually taken from an Entertainment Tonight interview they did when they first came to the U.S. when Western Girls was charting. And it's Chris Lowe saying, and I don't like rock music, I don't like rockabilly, I don't like country and western. But what I do like, I love passionately, and that's that's what I always kind of go by. It's like, some stuff with me just doesn't take, but what I do like, I like a lot. So, Yeah, also, Pet Shop Boys, I believe, have one of the five best opening lines to a song ever. Um, the opening lines... Uh, the opening two or three lines to It's a Sin, I think, oh, are some of the best opening that lines to me a song my, ever. Like, if you, if you even hear them out of context, it's just like, what? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah, you know what's funny about that song is when I was writing with my uh, friend John in college, he uh, went to Bowling Green and then he transferred to Penn State, so we, I was home sophomore year winter break, we're trying to write songs, and uh, It's a Sin had just been released, and uh, have you heard It's a Sin, and that little the little keyboard hook right after the um, right uh, after the verses, we're like, fuck, that little three-note riff, that is so simple, yet so genius, we were just kicking, our at, kicking ourselves, going like, why can't we come up with shit like that, so... Very inspiring on a lot of levels, and that's one of my wife's favorite uh, Pet Shop Boy songs too. So, oh yeah, yeah. highly yeah, recommend. Out. Be yeah. Outstanding. yeah, 
Uh, well, great, man. Uh, this has uh, been a great chat uh, and good catching up with you. And if I remember the history correctly, you went to Miami University here, right? You're from St. Louis. And you started. I didn't. Or you went. Well, what? no, I grew up outside of Columbus. That's right. Um, that's right. I was, I was supposed to go to Miami right, for, grad uh, for grad school initially, yeah. and then I dropped out four days before it was supposed to start. That's right. That's right. Okay. Now I got this. I got the. Uh, that's how I ended up in Cincinnati, and that's how I started doing comedy at Go Bananas. That's so. right. Cool, man. Well, great. So it's a big homecoming for you. Uh, yeah. I guess. Yeah. When's the last time you were here? Because I think it's been a while. Uh, been two years. Okay. Cool. Well, great. Well, the uh, uh, you'll probably be uh, here before the episode drops. I got a lot. I'm stacking interviews uh, for the fall. So, okay. Uh, anytime good ones come up, and then yeah, we'll feature your uh, your tune at the end of your episode for uh, song of the week uh, with Shark Dad. And cool. um, yeah, awesome. And I'll keep you posted on uh, when that drops. All right. Thanks, Jeff. I All appreciate right. it. Thanks, Jeremy. Talk to you later. Talk to you later. Bye. Great talk with Jeremy Essig. As always, you can catch Jerry where? Well, November 9th through the 11th, he is at the Improv in Orlando. It's at the Funny Bone in Des Moines, Iowa, uh, November 16th through the 18th. And then he is at uh, Hey Guys in Fairview Heights, Illinois. Reckon that's a suburb of Chicago. And then the Funny Bone in Dayton, uh, again, up near our neck of the woods. I mean, we'll have to go check him out there. That's uh, very close to where he was about to go to grad school, uh, Miami University there in Oxford, Ohio. So, like I told you at the opening of the show, our song of the week is from Jeremy's band. One of them, uh, one of them, uh, Shark Dad is the name of this band. The song is called Boyd Where Prohibited. So this is our song of the week on PF's tape recorder. So long and thanks for listening.
just what to do And sometimes I regret those choices that I didn't make Just Gone, I wouldn't trade 